Welcome to the That Don't Fit podcast, a podcast where we're dedicated to talking about life and life's real issues that cross racial and generational lines. My name is Jared Torrance, and I'm here with my co-host, Andy Farmer. We're friends, we're pastors, we're wanting to help people talk and process life in a crazy world. Welcome to the conversation. The uh, links to these books will be in the show notes, by the way. So if you go to the bottom of the show, notes. Wherever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, the, yeah, no. <laughs> There's your opening right there. <laughs> Welcome back to That Don't Fit. Thanks for joining with us. We are talking about structures and spaces and how to have conversations about those things. A little while back, we, we got into conversation about structures, structures that affect how we understand uh, racial issues, mm-hmm. how those play out in structures. Uh, structures meaning uh, systems and, and institutions and things that, uh, that affect all of our lives. And so today we're going to talk about spaces, basically mean places we occupy, places that are, that are part of who we are as people, families a space, uh, schools a space. And so I um, was thinking about one we could drop into, and I thought, let's just, just jump right into the one that matters most to us, which yes. is the church. The church. And so I'm going to let JT jump into this and talk a little about the church as a space where we have to navigate racial and ethnic, ethnic issues. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, the church is is a is a big one. Um, the fact that there is, even is a black church is because of ethnic partiality and because mm-hmm. of racism, because blacks were not allowed in the white church. And so the blacks decided, <laughs> the blacks, uh, we black people decided um, we want to worship. We want to worship God. We want to find a place to do this. And so it is, uh, we created the institution of, of the black church. And so those kinds of divides didn't just fizzle out and now everything is all good. Um, and there are traces of it. There are some of them big traces uh, mm-hmm. left in the world today. And so uh, even now me being in a predominant, me being a minority minority in uh, in a majority white church uh, comes with a lot of problems, a lot of issues, a lot of hardships. And, um, you know, I, I do wrestle with sometimes like even even in talking about this episode, like talking through this episode, I, I don't want it to come off as in like, oh, it's such a hard thing for me to go to church. Mm-hmm. Like I, I go there and I'm beaten and I'm wearied all the time. Like, no, like I love Jesus Christ. I love the gospel. I love this church. I love uh, Covenant Fellowship Church, the church where we pastor. But that doesn't mean it is an easy, breezy, uh, fun, easy, joyful, joyless or sorry, joyful struggle-less thing that happens. Um, whether it's, you know, whether you want to use the term microaggressions or whether you want to use the term of, uh, of just discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two books I'm going to talk about a little bit. Um, one of them is Insider Outsider yeah. by Brian Loritz. Um, he is a pastor and uh, speaker who has navigated. Uh, he's got a pretty unique story because he... Um, has been in all types of spaces. So he grew up in a traditional black church, uh, studied under Dr. Tony Evans, different things like that, uh, through an internship and different connections he had with his father, uh, Dr. Crawford Loritz. 
then he was heavily involved with crew uh formerly known as campus crusade for christ which is a predominantly white uh parachurch ministry and then he planted a multi-ethnic church that was like truly multi-ethnic and so he's been in and out of all these different kinds of circles and he's in memphis now is that right is he i I don't know i don't he's not in memphis now i think he's uh i think he's somewhere one of the carolinas i think that could be yeah. Don't quote us on that. That's I, right. I could have just made that up. Yeah, um, yeah Brian, wherever you are, <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> but uh, the subtitle of this book, so it's called Insider Outsider, and it's called My Journey as a Stranger in White Evangelicalism and My Hope for Us All. And uh, I didn't anticipate reading this book and resonating with so many of the troubles and the hardships and the wrestlings and the discrimination that uh, Brian Loritz uh, faced in, in his, as he's pastoring and in his ministry. And then another book, uh, Weep With Me by Mark Vrogop. He, um, th- this is a book that I, I, I keep coming back to. I think it's one of the most helpful books uh, in thinking of uh, ethnic reconciliation and things like that. But he, he talks about how lament opens the door for racial reconciliation. And uh, so I'm going to actually use this to kind of launch into my uh, experience as we're talking. So the forward is done by uh, Thabiti Anwubile. Hope I pronounced that right. My bad. So he's, he's talking about uh, when Michael Brown was shot and killed in Ferguson. He says, 38 days after my family's arrival to the United States, Michael Brown was shot and killed in Ferguson, Missouri. Our furniture had not arrived from the Cayman Islands, so I sat on the carpeted stairs of our townhome, watching the news coverage on my iPad. I cannot adequately describe the surge of feelings, plural, that threatened to burst my, to burst my heart as I watched coverage. There was grief over the death of Brown. There was anger as protesting crowds swelled. There was suspicion and resentment as first the police department and then the prosecutor seemed to bungle things. Changing stories produced confusion, but most of all, There was fear for my then seven-year-old son, born in the Cayman Islands, unschooled in the racial history and rules of the United States, ill-equipped for the inner city realities he would now grow up in. And then here's, here's the part. Then there came the emails and phone calls from well-intentioned pastor friends. Tara. Not to check on me or my son, but to tell me how wrong I was to have written this or said that. To assure me that the narrative I had fallen for was not true. To lecture me about respectability. To predict that my son would never face what Mike Brown faced because, well, he was my son. Things got heated, then some relationships frayed, some others, sadly, ended in time. And so uh, I've experienced that. <laughs> and and it's, it's both disheartening, but also slightly encouraging when you hear your story through the mouth of someone else. It's like, okay, this, yeah. there's a common experience here. Um, you know, why is my lament or my concern being edited and being controlled in such a way? It's like, okay, no, 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 you are out of bounds here. And why was there no follow-up prior? So... Anytime there is a, uh, I don't even want to call it viral shooting, but, you know, mm-hmm. a death of a, of, a, of a black person and, you know, the church is wanting to respond to that, the, the country is responding to that, there are, it's the same cycle. 
<laughs> over and yeah. over and over again, whether I express some type of lament or I express sorrow, uh, it's questioned and and almost attacked in, in, yeah. in a type of way. So that, that would be one avenue that is difficult. You know, I, I remember uh, there's a well-meaning uh, person uh, in a church that I, that I was attending that after one of these shootings, I was um, weeping after the musical worship and the person turned and asked if I knew that guy personally. Mm-hmm. And like, as, like as if like that's the only that's the only avenue for uh, lamenting over the death of yeah. someone um, who was made in the image of God, and so uh, there's disconnects there that are, that are difficult. Um, you know, even just walking into a room and all eyes kind of being on you, uh, you kind of have to just get used to doing that. Uh, I think I talked earlier about in a, in a separate episode of just um, wanting to make myself as as least threatening as possible um that carries into the church as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean uh my wife is white and so when we come in with my kids and family it really does disarm uh how people view me and things like that and so uh yeah any any responses to anything i've been i've been kind of going for a little bit i don't want to yeah take this this entire episode and just talk through one avenue but yeah well I mean, one of the things I'm I'm feeling is this opening up the door on this topic yeah. is opening up a lot. Yeah. Um, which means it it's never that far from the surface. Yeah. And uh, and that's important for me to know, mm. um, because we can't talk about this as if it's just a topic that we throw on the table. Yeah. You know, we're not looking at something on the table. We're looking at something that matters to you and matters mm. to me. Though our experiences are very different, mm. um, so I hear you. I uh, identify as much as I feel like I, I yeah. can. I don't have any comparative experience. Yeah. Last time we talked about, well, I did have a time where I was a fearful of the police. Yeah. I have no experience to speak of on this. So, uh, so I get it. My my sense would be if I were trying to put myself in your shoes. That I would expect certain things mm-hmm. from the culture around me in response, right. but right. when it comes from the church, when it comes from my brothers and sisters, it it cuts a little deeper. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm picking up anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. That is that is exactly right. Yeah. And you know what? What's interesting is, and I don't want to get too political here, but here's what I will say: is that politics have i think i've used this phrase in a a different context with some friends and politics is is kind of a trojan horse for racialized ideas yeah so uh, i don't think it's any surprise that a lot of political pandering happens uh you know republicans will kind of go towards like their white audience and democrats will try to you know try and gather the black audience and and so you know a lot of uh black christians uh feel politically homeless and but the the culture in the world is is they're they're leaning hard into those into those different kinds of things and so even what what happens oftentimes is the church is people think they're speaking strictly politically yeah uh, expressing political opinions which there's emotions behind that there's sometimes they're charged sometimes they're just passionate about these things but what is so hard for my white brothers and sisters to understand is that what is political to you, it's more than just 
a split between party lines for me. It is a yeah. like I if I follow that train of thought here, 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 there, and here, yeah. It makes me question how you view my blackness. Like, yeah. it is my blackness something you're simply tolerating? And uh, and even even Shylin, like, uh, he sorry, Shylin is a Christian hip hop artist yeah. um, who was like, you know, their their theological giant. Like, you know, he would he would do he his first records and all those things were essentially just systematic theology to rap, and it was mm -hmm. it's actually it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but you know the moment he speaks out about any type of racial injustice or any type of ethnic disparity it's like all of his gospel credit goes out the window and says like whoa 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 let's raise mm -hmm. some eyebrows let's question what's going on here uh what is this guy doing has he abandoned the gospel and it's just like yeah. oh my gosh all he said was that like God cares about black people. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like yeah. that's all he said. And, you know, I have literally experienced that exact same thing. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I've been a man who, who loves the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, I think that's what I get most passionate and fired up about. Mm -hmm. But it's like the minute I bring up any type of ethnic disparities or, or want to champion justice of this type, it's all of a sudden all gospel credit goes out the window anything uh, any relationship that i've had with you all the times in the past when we have been uh, in ministry together or certain things like that is completely gone mm -hmm. and now you see this cultural marxist critical race theory. So it's like oh my gosh i don't even ascribe to those things i'm just yeah. i'm just trying to let you into some of my emotions yeah. and how i have to process these things because when people see me out on the street they don't see Jared Torrance, father of four, uh, pastor at Covenant Fellowship Church, they see a black guy. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And so, and, and I know that's it's hard for uh, people in the church to just regularly see. Sure. Um, and to un completely understand without having a conversation yeah. like this. And yeah. so, um, I do understand that as well. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yes, you may. Um, this is the question that comes to me is yet you find yourself mm -hmm. a minority in the church yes my guess based on what you're describing is you didn't just wander in and say oh I feel like home yes you know that you had to sort of say I'm going to make my home here mm -hmm. uh, tell me about that tell me yeah tell me the, the mental emotional process mm -hmm. of deciding this is going to be my home to the extent that yeah. I'm willing to become one of the shepherds yeah. here. Yeah. Not just yeah. hang with it until it. That's a really good question. Yeah. I think it's a, a long answer. We don't have a clock up here, by the way. Yeah, we're in so, trouble. So you're going you're gonna to have to raise. Okay. Because <laughs> otherwise we'll just, we'll just keep yeah. going. Um, there are there are certain points of my life where you know it just it feels like it is a, a bit of a calling yeah um and I, I think it has to be a calling otherwise yeah. you know it uh, unless i can consistently ascribe to unity and diversity in the gospel yeah. is worth this. Mm -hmm. There's no way <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be able to do this, especially be, to shepherd uh, as a minority leader. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, and this is going to sound so bad, but I'm going to do it. And uh, don't be impressed by anything I'm about to say or the name I'm about to drop. But I was talking with Shailen. Uh, it was at a uh, it was at a, it was at a Worship God conference, and so it's not like I don't know him at all. He does not yeah. remember this conversation. Yeah. But uh, I was I was talking with Shailen. I'm sure he remembers the conversation. <laughs> I was talking with my best friend, Shailen, my, my homie. We talk on the phone every day. No, but we were talking after a session he led. Um, and uh, he, he really just spent some time. The, the, it, was, it was on uh, unity and diversity, that kind of thing, yeah. that kind of topic, kind of what we're talking about now and the beauty of, of, of diversity because of God's um, wonderful creativity and different things like that. And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, the only way to do this long term is if you're a pioneer in this. Mm-hmm. And if you're a pioneer, you really do have to be called to do this. Like you can't just kind of sidestep and sort of wander in. Like it has to be a calling because he said, because pioneers take their lumps yeah. and those lumps hurt and those lumps come a lot. And it was, it was one of those moments where like you understand something important is happening and it's a moment that you need to remember and um, there was so much care in his eyes as he was talking. It was almost like, it was almost like a warning. Like you either need to stop and get out, or you need to bear up under this calling, leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit, and continue doing this. And uh, I, I do. I remember that conversation, and and I, I I think I reflect back on that in even in coming here and coming to this church. And it's like, well, one. It's not like I don't like white people. Like I love, I absolutely love this church. Like, uh, you know, I remember the first time we were able to even gather outside, and I remember actually no, even before that, there was an Easter video. I think it was where they just recorded some videos of members of the church reading scripture, and I was just weeping, yeah. like uh, carrying these members on my heart. And uh, so there is a genuine gospel fueled, spirit empowered love that I have for these people. And uh, I think what you, the answer to your question is, like, why am I staying here? Why am I doing this? Um, it's it's like, man, because I I want them to be able to understand, like, the gospel is big enough and great enough and worth it. Uh, for us to do all that we can to unite and to help grow in an understanding of of ethnic harmony and ethnic justice, uh, because we have a God who calls us to do these things, who calls us to um, to, to love one another, who calls us to uh, care for the poor, care for the oppressed, all those things, and um, and one way we can do that is by helping minorities, is by is by uh, having minorities and majorities coming together, yeah. unified under the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, and worshiping the Savior who is worthy of all mm-hmm. praise. Like Jesus is worth it. I guess is what I want them to yeah. to feel. I'm even like sweating, like talking talking about it right now. So like, I guess it would say it would be a, a continually affirmed calling. Uh, to be a pioneer, which sounds so ridiculous saying out loud. Um, But it's like, this is what I want. Like I want people to know how good the gospel is. And I want um, the color of my skin to be a help in that. Like, you know, I, I, I want to be able to show the redemptive power of the gospel in reconciling Mm -hmm. black and white brothers and sisters together. And, uh, and, and other minorities as well, yeah. if that makes sense. Did I answer the question? 
Yeah, you did. I mean, I'm, the question doesn't have an answer to yeah. it. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I know from what you're saying that you have to approach this. A pioneer gets up every day and says, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. For this reason. Why am I continuing for this reason? Doesn't mean you don't have great days. Doesn't mean the pioneer doesn't hit certain points. And yes. See the big picture and say, yeah. this is what it's all about. Yeah. Doesn't receive blessing. Yeah. But you get up and you say, uh, okay, I got to do this today. Yeah. It's interesting, and I'll, I'm going I'm to be careful not to over-twist this, but in a sense, in, tr- in trying to build a more ethnically diverse, and I'm not talking about simply visually ethnically mm-hmm. diverse, right, but right. culturally ethnically diverse, yeah, yeah. we're asking people who've only known homogenous Yes. Christianity mm-hmm. to be pioneers too. Yes. You know, a lot of in my generation, yes. we're kind of asking them, well, listen, you need to pioneer this. This mm-hmm. is not how we did church for a long time. Right. And so what I hope is that those folks, if they're listening, um, that they recognize that, that to do this work, pioneers have to come from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have to pioneer together because there isn't, you can't lead us. Yeah. Who are who are a majority mm-hmm. anywhere we don't want to go, right? And uh, and so what I hear is is in your call to yourself, saying how can I reciprocate in an authentic way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not patronize, right? <laughs> yes, and yes. that's that's the big concern. Okay, you yeah. can you can lip service, you can patronize. Yeah. Like that's what uh, Lawrence was talking some about in the book. Yes, yeah. okay, I get the lip service, I get the mm-hmm. you know, I get the we can all get together, have the prayer meeting, but where do we go from there? Yes. And, um, yeah. So, and and can I just say, yeah. like, I, I see that in this church. Like, mm-hmm. there's a couple in particular I'm, I'm thinking of each time I've preached around the topic of either unity and diversity or a call to um, recognize ethnic justice or different things like that, whether it's a challenge or whether it's a celebration of certain things that's happened. There's a couple that's come up to me each time with tears in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Not even fully having an answer or a yeah. statement, just saying, we want to be able to do better at this. Yeah. Help us. And, uh, you know, that that is like the antithesis of what I just read in the opening of this book. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you get two sides. You get some days where you get that phone call and, uh, you know, and you get hammered by someone you love. And you're just like, whoa, yeah. that's not what I was anticipating. Yeah. And then some, that's what your message is for, you know. You just let go, and, uh, <laughs> and then you pray, and then you get back to him. <laughs> you don't pick up the phone. <laughs> and then some days you get, <laughs> and then some days you get that person out of the blue who just comes up to you and just it it it, it like feels like it's it feels like such a moment from the spirit yeah. of just like. I know you need some doggone encouragement today. So here's yeah. this random person that you were not expecting to yeah. drop this bomb on you and to just encourage your whole soul for the, for yeah. the rest of the day. And, um, you know, I'm not living for those highs and lows, but like the highs really do help <laughs> in yeah. continuing on to do this. So. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to kind of bring it into the level of, okay, we're functioning in these spaces. We're living in these spaces. Yeah. You're making a choice to live in a space that isn't always as comfortable right? Yep. as you'd like it to be. How do you 
do that? How do you do that? So, because I could see mm-hmm. the temptation to say, okay, I'm here, but I'm not really here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm here for the teaching, but I'm not here for the yeah. relationships. I'm here yeah. because the preaching, I'm not here for yeah. the... And I think one of my, one of my concerns about, uh, about folks coming to the church who are doing the cross, they're coming for certain aspects of the church. And what you recognize is that, no, you get the whole package. Yeah, yeah. You know, you come for yes. the preaching, you're getting everything that yeah. is around the preaching as well. You can't pick and choose. Yeah. So you've got you've to engage it all. Yeah. So how do you, you know, as a minority mm-hmm. in a minor in a majority church culture, how do you, yeah, kind of just keep? Man, there's so much eye on the prize. There's, yeah. there's so many spider web of thoughts I could I could go on. So I'm going to try and keep this concise, <laughs> which that means nothing. I'm just going to start talking. We'll talk about yeah. this more. So I'm sure there's other conversations we'll have. But um, so um, one <laughs> one thing is. Uh, well, obviously, something we want to avoid is tokenism, which yeah. Brian Loretz hits yeah, he, wonderfully. He he hits My him. goodness, there are parts yeah. in that where I'm just like, "Woo, I need <laughs> to be right. careful." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I had a situation in that Regina book. I was going, I, I thought that was a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adjusted. <laughs> yes, and so yeah, so that that has been super helpful. Um, and so one thing about, you know, of one way to avoid tokenism is not to just be a face in the congregation yeah. that is there and, and is out. Like, to understand the value of what you can bring, which is like, I know, like, in our, like, reformed, like, kind of circles, like, I don't even like saying what I can bring to the church. Like, that, like, yeah, yeah. makes me want to vomit. Think of it. But there is, a, there is a reality in which, in God's sovereignty, my life has looked different than these people. I process things different than the majority of this church. And, and that can bring, can bring a helpful perspective. So it's like, you know, I mean, I, I say the same thing to my wife. Like there's so much in her life that is unique to her that she can bring to, uh, to a Bible study that people like, I want people to benefit from my wife. Like she's, awesome like like i want them to know but like bethany is like the secret weapon in my household that like i just want to expose to all different kinds of people but like every member of the church is like that as well it's why first corinthians says like you know it, it's that body metaphor like yeah. we need elbows we need eyeballs we need toenails like we need ears like we need the whole body to function and to use all the gifts yeah. to each is given a gift uh paul tells the corinthians like everyone is bringing something to the church and uh and, you know, our experiences can be part of what we bring to the church. And so to not be uh, just a fly on the wall mm-hmm. so that pastors can stand up and say, look at our diverse church. But for the people to actually experience the grace of Christ in your life um, can really help serve the church and, and help people see Christ as glorious. And I don't want to in any way like glorify like this big sacrificial thing that I'm doing. Like there's a there's a whole theological camp out there that is you know i don't know if you've heard of like the black exodus yeah uh, of people just leaving white evangelical churches and yeah. things like that and it like no shade at all to those people like that that is a very viable option mm-hmm. like you know if 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 it has gotten to a point where you cannot spiritually thrive where you cannot where like there's gospel disunity happening yeah like i i think that's a viable option and so I, I never want to like be like, oh, all the black people, we gotta get to these white churches and do these things. Like that's not that's not what I'm saying either. It's like uh, 
you know, it, it's following the calling. Yeah. It's following the calling of what, of what Jesus Christ is calling yeah. you to do to serve his church yeah. and to proclaim his gospel and to make his glory known. Yeah. And there's different ways to do that. And I think, you know, for majority people, it's uh, the challenge is to recognize that experience mm-hmm. is not just an occasional experience. It's not just around an election. Right. It's not just around a shooting. Yes. It's a, those are those heighten something that already exists it already exists which That's is great. my my otherness yep i yes. feel other and when things like this happen i feel that much more other yes which means those are times when things that you know you've helped me other people have helped me and said listen you might feel awkward about expressing something in those times but that mm-hmm. may be the very time yeah it's most important mm-hmm. um even though you feel like okay i'm i'm the least able to to speak words of comfort here mm-hmm. um but there's also, I think, a, a sense where, speaking as a, minor, a majority culture guy in, in a, I've always kind of been in majority culture yeah. churches. Uh, there, it really is interesting because, you sort of see us and everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's not, and our church has a lot of different ethnicities, mm-hmm. ethnic backgrounds. Right. Um, but it can sort of be every it's us and then everybody else who's not us. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I have a heart for is that we, while we don't minimize the distinctive black-white d- dimensions of what we're talking about, that we recognize that there is, there is black Korean, there is, yeah. there is Anglo-Chinese, mm-hmm. there is, you know, Indian and, yes. uh, and, and African, and there's... All these different ethnicities yeah. that the the picture of heaven and there's here's me theologizing beyond where the Bible lets you, but <laughs> the the picture of heaven is not black and white people learning right. how to get along, right, right? Right, right. We should be doing that here. Yes, you know we shouldn't have, we shouldn't wait for heaven to get to that. Yes, it should be a full expression of all ethnicities. Mm-hmm covered in christ yes exactly and i think that's got to be the goal and so one of the things i don't want to do is i don't want to put dealing with ethnic uh disharmony Mm -hmm. no matter how it manifests right into the realm of uh well that's going to happen when we get to heaven i Mm -hmm. think that's that's kingdom on earth business Mm -hmm. it's business that happens here maybe not perfectly more than sanctification we do it right we end up but certainly the direction should be this is where we're going um, because these are, these are earthbound problems. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to address them, and I think yeah. that's where we have to be careful. So um, we're going to be, I think, because we're pastors in a church, we're going to be visiting these things right. a lot um, over time. Maybe not as directly, but they're yeah. going to come up. Uh, but thanks for sharing, man. I, mean, I think that it takes a lot of courage, a lot of willingness to mm-hmm. to have talk to me about this and yeah. then put it out to the world. Yeah, I know, you know? right? <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll have time before. <laughs> but I'm I'm saying let's stamp and let's go. Yes. Um, but uh, but but thank you, thank you. And yeah. I, what I want you to hear from me is just uh, I want to pioneer from my end. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do the work I have to do from my end. So that the experience that you or any other ethnic minority has yeah. is not working around me to find something of value, mm-hmm. but that we can find value together. That's good. So that's what I'm committed to. 
So thank you. Can you recommend those two books there? Yes, I recommend Weep With Me, Mark Vrogop. Oh, there's no camera over there. <laughs> Mark, Mark <laughs> Rogop. Uh, this book is like it, the subtitle, How Lament Opens a Door for Racial Reconciliation. Um, there were several times as I was reading through this book where I just stopped and I wept. Um, I think lament is a category that, man, we're not doing a great job at. Like when I just listed out certain things, like because he, he, he encourages us to practice this. Yeah. Um, when I list out problems and I complain to God about them, the only one who can do anything about them, while anchoring that, that, that complaint in the hope that is everlasting for us, it does something. Like it's, it's, it removes the burdens from us, and it, it's, it's using our emotions appropriately, I think, yeah. in the way that God designed them to be to be used and so and for them for him to apply uh he hits heavy on empathy in here mm -hmm. and uh what it looks like to listen through lament and he talks there's a chapter on spirituals and and uh and he he uh throughout the book he gives personal examples that uh, his church has done in regards to this and uh, i highly 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 recommend this book mm. weep with me how lament opens a door for racial reconciliation by mark Vrogop. it is mm -hmm. um Oh, and at the end of each chapter, he uh, has a different pastor or speaker or teacher uh, write out a lament at the end, wow, and it's so, cool. so you just you see it modeled uh, throughout as well in mm. current situations. Mm. And then, of course, Insider Outsider by Brian Loritz. Um, this book is is going to challenge uh, certain things uh, if a majority culture person is reading. Would you it. say that's who it's written to? Uh, who do you think that book is written to? A man. I don't even know. I felt like this book was written for me. He was uh -huh. like to Jared Torrance, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, it was uh, it was so so helpful. Um, I think there's things in here that could trip up some people, and uh, you know, I, I it should go out without saying. Like, if I recommend a book, I'm not recommending every single sentence that is in sure. here. But for me, I, I almost feel like every single sentence was helpful for me. And uh, this is a book that could be helpful to read and then talk with someone mm -hmm. about. Um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of really, really, really good things in here. And, you know, and he does end with, with hope. So yeah. this, this book is almost like a proper lament in itself as yeah. well, because it's, it, it has the complaint yeah. it talks through the nuances. There's a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of personal examples in here. Yeah. And uh, he ends with hope. So, yeah. And I would recommend, yeah, that book, I think for, for people like me, that's a great book to read because yeah. I just, it just drops you into a world that you don't have to think about. Mm. And I think when we can do that, doesn't mean what we're doing is what he's describing. It's certainly close enough to it. So I, I, I think, uh, I think, I think that's a great book yeah. if you're trying to get an idea of what does it mean for someone in any kind of minority position to come to a majority culture and overlay the black-white dynamic onto yeah. that. Yeah. Good. Good. Till next time. Yeah.